Hey, good to see you here. You are currently listening to Inspire Church Metro Manila. We are one church in multiple locations, and we exist to inspire people to fulfill their God-given potential. We are so glad that you're tuning in right now. Welcome home. Learn more about us by visiting inspiremetro.live. Lean in and enjoy. Well, welcome to Inspire Church. Sunday's online best. Online best. Sunday online best. <laughs> Sundays. Sunday. Sunday online. Sunday's best. Amen. It's so good to have you guys. Hey, look, look, look. I'm so thankful for Jem and Len sharing earlier through our meet and greet. They're an amazing job. Well, what we were saying is that this Sunday is our grand opening, but in actuality, it was supposed to be the big grand opening. But we wanted to make sure that the sanctuary was ready for all of us, that we could experience God's presence in our new home. And so we are having the grand opening this Sunday if you're in the area, but our full service with the ribbon cutting and the champagne lifting do we have that right and the holy water sprinkling the, what the big grand grand opening will be next sunday and, and so we don't want you to stop for coming so next sunday inside the sanctuary 50 percent capacity safe jesus is there where our, our service is at 10 30 a.m 11 no 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 10 30 a.m and 3.30 p.m. And don't worry, next week in a couple of days, we'll show you a video how to enter the mall at 10.30, where to park and do all of that. I'm excited to be with you because it's going to be a grand, grand. I hope it is. If it gets pushed back again, it's going to be a grandiest, grandier. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. It'll, it'll, we'll have it. We'll have it. But today I want to preach to you on a message called Weird Faith. Weird Faith weird faith that's why we specifically chose these people to be with us today the weirdos the scripture says this in Genesis 21 it says the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised can, can we thank God that he is a promise keeper he did exactly what he promised she became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age this happened at just the time God had said it would. Listen to me. God knows the time, the right time. Our time is, is never perfect. But God knows just the right time. And it happened. And Abram named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. Look at this. Abram was a hundred years old when Isaac was born. That's crazy, right? Sarah declared, God had brought me laughter. <laughs> All who hear about this will laugh with me. Ha <laughs> ha. That's how we laugh here. Who would have said that Abram, to Abram that Sarah would nurse a baby? Yet I have given Abram such a, a son in his old age. Even they were surprised. Like, I'm old, man. I thought it wasn't going to happen. We try to do it on our own. We try to force it. We try to make God's promise happen. But it happened at just the right time. And then it goes on to eight, Genesis chapter 22. 
I'm going to be reading a lot of the Word of God today, but I want you to stay tuned because this is why, we here, why we're here. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. And go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early, saddled his donkey and two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for a place God had told him about. The third day of their journey, Abram looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there and we will come right back. So Abram placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them walked together, Isaac turned toward Abram and said, Father, yes, my son, we have the fire and the wood, but where's the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. And they both walked on together. When they arrived at that place where God had told him to go, Abram built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. This is weird to have right now. Please understand, Isaac is not a little boy. Isaac is probably around his early 20s right now. And so Isaac could have easily like, what? Get off me, dad. You know, that's what I would do. But Isaac goes with it. And Isaac, uh, Abraham ties him, places him on the altar. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. Some of the movies are you'll see that Abraham will stab him in the heart, right? But he would do it as a sacrifice. He would literally cut the artery. Like they would cut every animal so that the blood would flow. Just imagine what was going on in the thoughts of Abraham. Just imagine what was going on with Isaac. Then all of a sudden it says here, Abraham, Abraham, an angel of the Lord called to him in heaven. And Abraham replied, yes, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abram looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. And Abram named the place Yahweh Yira or Jehovah Jireh. Which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people will use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abram from heaven. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and not have withheld your son, your only son. I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond numbers like the stars in the sky and the sand of the seashore. He even added it. Not just the stars anymore. Now he goes, even, even the sands, like you can't count it. I couldn't even count the stars. Now I can't even count the, the sand. Through your descendants, all nations of the earth will be blessed. All because you have obeyed. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. 
Lord, we thank you that even though there are times we don't truly understand that you are still good. We thank you, Lord God, that you know the right time for us, Lord. So I pray for everybody tuning in, for those holding on to a promise, for those holding on to your answer, for those not knowing what is going on with the circumstances that we are in. Lord, I pray right now that through this word that we will understand that yes, sometimes life is strange. Yes, sometimes life is weird. But through the lens of your faith, Lord God, that no matter if it's weird faith or strange faith, Lord, we will know that you are a good God. So Lord, let this be word. Let this word be specifically for us today. In Jesus' mighty name, we all say amen, 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 amen. Somebody say weird faith. Weird faith, weird faith, weird faith. Looking at that, it looks like it's weird. Like why would God say to him, I'm going to bless you with a son. And after all of these years, so many years, Sarah all of a sudden has a son. That's the, that's the sound of the baby coming out of an old woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should have said that to the thousands of people watching. But why would God now, after the impossible, a miracle happened, now they have baby Isaac. Why would now God tell Abram to sacrifice their only son? If you are reading this without any context of faith, please understand it does look weird. Please understand anything that is happening in faith looks strange. Anything that you look at without faith, it will look a bit awkward. It will look like it's impossible. It would look like, why would you even try such a thing? Strange faith. Weird faith. Remember last year, last year, I remember me and my wife driving. And I remember looking out inside of my, outside of my window and we were driving. I'm not really sure where. But I remember spotting a bunch of people riding a bike. And I remember, you know, just me being me, you know. I, I remember stretching out my hand praying for them. The joke lang. I wasn't praying for them. You know what I was doing? You do? What? what? Oh, okay. Because you said, yeah. So, uh, you, know what I, <laughs> you know what I was doing? I, I was literally, I told my wife, I go, babe, look at their clothes. I was making fun of them. Because that's what I like to do. And I remember looking at them, and I go, babe, why do they dress like that? They got shorts, like it's so tight. They're wearing like this like tight shirt. Like, like it, look at why, why do they even have cleats? Like, well, it's so weird, babe. And my wife just looks at me and goes, oh, maybe that's just their style, right? Fast forward. I'm that guy now. I'm wearing a bib set. I thought bibs are only for babies, right? I'm wearing this, uh, these things. I remember wearing them for the first time. I bought these and I asked Morse. I go, Morse, do you wear underwear under this? And Morse is like, no. I'm like, what? It's so weird. But now I wear it. I, I wear these things. I wear these tight uh, cycling polyester, right? I got these helmets. I got these glasses. I, I look, I literally, I look weird. I look weird. But if you know cycling, you don't look weird, you see essential. Like literally, the reason why you wear it is because of your sweating. It literally 
uh, uh, dries you up right away. It wicks off the sweat. When you're going down the mountain or going up, there's nothing heavy to hold you back. You are one with the bike in a sense. The helmet, you know, all of that, the shades, even the socks, right? You, you, you're supposed to dress bright so that you don't get hit, so that you can be easily spotted. Now, because I'm in it, I can see it. But when I was outside of it, it looked weird. Is this making sense? When you are outside of faith, it may look weird. It may look weird. Why are these people singing? Why are they raising hands? Why are they crying? Why do they keep saying, yeah? You know, why, why are they responding? Why are they writing notes? Well, what's going on here? From the outside, it may look weird. But from the inside, it begins to make sense. It begins to look essential. See, today I want to talk to you about weird faith. Because this scripture literally is weird. Like, why would he do such a thing? Why would this happen? Why would you try that, God? Why would you test them, God? Why would you tell Isaac? Why did Isaac go along with Abraham? Why did Abraham actually go through with it? Like, was it to the point where the knife was already at his neck? Did the blood first droplet come? You know what I mean? Before the angel spoke? Like, what was it? Abraham fake? Like, slow motion or did it go full out until God the angel said stop this is weird but at the end of the day we got to understand God has a plan God has a purpose I love it that Abram said to 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 Isaac when Isaac goes hey where's that where's the animal and he says no God will provide Jehovah Jireh God will provide see it was strange when I looked at it because when I was reading commentaries, Abraham was so confident because he believed that either God will replace or God will resurrect. Like he was saying, there's no way God is just going to kill my son. Like if I'm going to kill my son, for sure God is a God that can bring life again. And he will bring him back to life. Please understand, this story is descriptive. This is not a pattern. This is a one-time thing. So please don't listen to me and be like, oh, hey, God told me also. I have to kill my son. No, 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 no. This never happened again. It's only one time. And this is so weird when you look at it, but please understand it's essential. Because it foreshadows, it tells a story of what is about to happen with the first son of God. See, this was all a storytelling. This was literal facts, literal history. But God was foretelling what was going to happen in the future with Jesus. But if we don't know the future, which we don't know, sometimes things that God has called us to do looks weird. And so I don't know what God is going to call you to do. I don't know if he's going to be like you, like me, telling me to go to another country, telling me to leave my family, right, my mom and dad and my cousins and my friends, and me and my wife just moved to, a, to, to Hawaii. I don't know what God is going to tell you, but I do know this. God wants you to have weird faith. What does weird faith look like? You ready for this? Look, 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 look. Weird faith looks like this. Abram goes, and God tells him, hey, Abram, he goes, yeah. Yes, Lord, I'm, I'm here. What's up? And he goes, I want you to go to Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah, if you're not familiar with Mount Moriah, you will see this in those pictures of Israel. 
the temple mount, the, the, the Muslim mount, the, the, the golden, what's that called? Yeah, that, that golden one. In those days now, civilization, civilization is built on civilization. So that, were, that was holy places are built on holy places. So that was the exact location of the temple. And then it was destroyed and then they built the Muslim temple above it, right? So that is Mount Moriah right there. That is literally where Abraham went up and sacrificed his son. That is literally the place where Jesus died on the cross, right? So this is such a holy place. And what happens here, it says that, he says, I need you to go to that mountain and I need you to go sacrifice an offering. It says here, the next morning, Abraham got up early. Next morning. The next morning. It wasn't a couple of days of let me think about it. It wasn't a couple of days of let me, let me check if it's the will of God. It wasn't a couple of days of let me pray about it. Come on now, right? Oh, oh let me pray about it. All right? Yeah, right. You just don't want to go. <laughs> what was it? What was he doing? The first thing about weird faith is this. It obeys God promptly. That's weird. To just do it once God tells you to do it. To just go for it once God says, as painful, di painfully difficult, the direction God said. I need you to take your son. And I need, you, I need you to go to the mountain. We don't see any account of Abraham saying, God, I don't know. God, maybe not. Because in previous, we would hear Abraham whine. In previous accounts, we would hear Abraham question. But for here, it seems like his faith was activated. And he said the next morning, early in the morning, he went. I've been reading this book uh, maybe like earlier this year. It's called Miracle Morning. It's talking about the power of waking up uh, uh, by 5 a.m. And, and the power of waking up at 5 a.m. and doing all of this. or It doesn't say 5 a.m., but it just talks about waking up early in the morning. I specifically chose 5 a.m. And he said this, have you ever set an alarm? On your phone early morning when you set your alarm early morning what you are doing is you are telling yourself tomorrow morning I have something to live for I am waking up on a specific time because I'm gonna live life literally and he says this have you ever set up an alarm and you hit snooze right right and then you're like you hit snooze right you ever done that he says this in miracle morning he goes when we hit snooze you are literally saying i don't want to live i rather sleep isn't that true though like i already set the alarm I said to myself, I want to do this. I want to make this happen. This is important enough for me to set my alarm. But once it's time, I get the alarm, I will say, nope, I don't want to actually do it anymore. Maybe I'll do it later. And later is a prideful act thinking that God will give you time to try it again. It's crazy. But Abram doesn't say, no, I'm just going to press snooze. Abram says, let's go. I'm going to do it. See, church, we cannot press snooze on our faith. We can't say, later I'll read the Bible. Later I'll be committed. Later I'll follow God. No, we got to hit go and say, let's start this day to live an active faith, to live a weird faith, and let's do what God has called us to do promptly. Let's do it now. Somebody say now. 
We got to do it now. And that's what he does. He does it now. There's different levels of obedience. See, the first level of obedience, when you hit snooze, is disobedience. Disobedience is obedience, but it's obeying you, not God. I'd rather obey myself. The second thing is this. It's compliance. Compliance is, yeah, I'll obey, but I don't really want to. We've all been there. Please understand these are stages. We've all been there. We've all been there. I don't want to do it. Then, I know, but the third one is this. It's obedience. It's just, okay, I'll do it. The fourth one is, though, I'm aligned with God's heart and purpose. It's not just, okay, I have to. It's now, okay, I want to. And the last one is to delight to follow God. God, I want to know more because I, I want to obey you more. We got to move promptly. Where are you at? What level? You might not be in the ultimate level like you wake up and go, Lord, I don't go with nothing today. I'm not there. But you are in a level somewhere in these five. Let's move forward. Let's activate it. And then it goes on and it, and it says that they placed the, the wood on Isaac and Isaac is walking up. And then he goes, Isaac asks a question, Dad, parang ako lang dito. He goes, yes, son. And he says, Where, where's the sheep? Like, where's the sheep, Dad? And he goes on and he, and, and, and he says, God will provide the sheep. See, weird faith, number two, write this down. It trusts God completely. Trust God completely. He goes, all right, guys, we're going to do this. You're going to go. Don't worry. I'm going to provide. I'm going to go. Okay. And he's laying his son. He's literally placing his son, and he says, God, this is either make or break. Like, I'm going to trust you completely. Please understand, trust is hard. Trust doesn't just happen. Trust needs to be worked on. The thing is, though, God trusts you 100%. He doesn't have to work on anything. We have to work trusting him. It's so hard to trust men. I remember in uh, our older building, we did this one sermon where I got up on a big ladder. And I, I climbed up the big ladder, and we practiced this, right? I got up on the big ladder. We had a bunch of guys below me, and I'm, I'm going to jump off. Like literally like, ah, trust fall. You ever do a trust fall? This is trust fall to the extreme. I'm like high up. Remember that? Remember that? And even though we practiced, even though I knew the guys, please understand, I was very hesitant. Because from that view, all of a sudden, all of these people look like sinners to me. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. But the faith level was, am I going to trust my physicality, my, my health, with a few men. And God is saying, are you going to trust your life with me? We, we got to trust completely. Because what happened is this. Usually what happens, if I hesitate, I will cause injury. But if I fully let go, they will fully catch me. But if I hold down to the ladder, if I put one leg out, then I'm going to make a mistake. They're going to make a mistake. And there's going to be an issue. Please understand, don't jump and hold on. Because if you jump and hold on, you're going to swing back into reality and get hit in the face. And whose fault is that? Yours or God's? It's ours. We got to make sure that we jump. We trust God completely. Am I speaking to somebody today? Proverbs 3 to 5 to 16 or 6 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. To trust God completely is not to trust God unemotionally. There will be emotions. There will be fear. There will be doubt. Because at the end of the day, what you're saying, God, this is impossible with me. So I got to trust you that it's possible with you. Me and my wife decided to move to Hawaii. We had to trust completely. It sounds easy. Hawaii, grabe, ganda dun, surf's up, bro, right? Beautiful. Please know, like, I'm a homebody. I love family. I love just going to my mom and dad's house. I love, we would have random family parties every week. Just cousins coming over, friends. But then to move to a place where we did not know anybody. And to not be certain of our financial future. What were we certain? We were simply certain of our call. And so we said, God, let's go. Especially when we had a baby, when Josiah came out. And my wife was actually going to have a job. Like she already had a job at Bank of Hawaii. And then we're like, okay, we're okay. You're going to have a job. I'm going to have a job. Then when we got the test, ay, buntis. <laughs> she can't work anymore. We're like, oh no, what are we going to do? But God came through. God came through. Listen, God comes through, guys. Listen, God comes through. The third one is this. When Abram picked up the knife, and he was about to stab or cut his son's throat. Anybody watching that would immediately say, God is evil. God is sick. What's wrong with you, God? If that's the God you serve, I'm not going to love that God. How could a God do such thing? But please understand, there's something that happens when you jump into the middle of a scene without any context. Remember those days, back in the days when we had our, our, our movies? But back in the day, where you could go in the movie anytime. Like you could even stay until the next showing. I remember those days? Do you remember that? You're too young. Do you remember that? You Right? Like you could sit there the whole time. And I remember when I got invited to the movies by my uncle and my cousins. And they said, Tara, let's go to the movies. I go, but we're late. Okay lang. And so we would go in the middle of the scene. It's like halfway through. I have no idea what's happening. You're like, what's going on? And so you're there and you don't know what's going on. Why? Because you haven't seen the whole context. And so you finish the movie without knowing the beginning. So what do you do? You wait. You go to the CR, you buy some chips, popcorn, and you wait. Or actually, you buy real food, right? Because in Philippines, you could bring real food into the theater, right? Right? You buy, ano, tapsilog, ano. Oh, oh, bring something sneaky to you. Bagong, kare-kare. And then you wait until the beginning, and then you leave when it came to your part. Ah, okay na tayo. And then you leave. <laughs> Remember those? What happens is if you just see Abram going like this, 
taking his son, you will be in the middle of a movie, movie in the middle of a scene, and you're wondering, what is going on? This is a horrible scene. This is a horrible producer. This is a horrible director. This is a horrible story. Or in other words, this is a horrible God. But faith sees God accurately. Because I'm not looking at what is happening. I'm looking at the character of God. And I know God's character. God is a God of love. God is a God of provision. God is a God of forgiveness. There is no way God is going to tell him to kill his son. But if you stayed and you had the ability to live thousands of years and you just kept watching Abram. And you watched Isaac's life, and then you watched Jacob's life, and then you watched Israel's life, and you kept watching it. You're alive, and you're able to see the whole story. You would then all of a sudden see Jesus, and then Jesus was now placed with wood on his shoulder, and he was the lamb. When, Abram's, when Isaac said, where is the lamb, and Abram said God would provide the lamb, it was generations later because that lamb was foreshadowing Jesus, and at the end of the day, he sacrificed his life for all of us. So we got to see God accurately. It wasn't just a test. It was a setup. It was a setup for great things. If you're going through a test right now, if you're going through something where you can't imagine, if you're going through an experience where you're questioning God, I need you to understand right now, God is setting up something beautiful. You might not know it yet, but stay in. Stay in your faith. Don't leave the set. Don't leave this world. God is a good God, and we get to know Him accurately through His Word. He says, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. God, you're my provider. Jehovah Jireh. God, you're my provider. Same God. If I could sing, I would sing right now, but I don't know how to sing. But please understand, God is your provider. The last one is this. He says here, angel of the Lord called Abram from heaven and this is what the Lord says because you have obeyed me and not withheld even your son your only son I swear by my own name I swear by my own name I swear by my please understand his name was holy people wouldn't even utter his name people would not people would not even write down his name like they they, they it was too holy and he said I swear this is my name I swear I am who I am and I swear to you last part of living a weird faith an act of faith is it knows God personally if you know his name then you know his promise if you know his name then you know his character if you know his name then his name says I swear to you I swear to you if you continue to live with me and follow me I swear to you it may look like it will destroy you but it will not destroy you I may look like it's bad but good will come out of it I swear to you by my name the name that is above all names the name of Jesus 
The name that heals. The name that delivers. The name that provides. The name that forgave you of all your sins. See, I grew up as a religious boy. Go to church every day. Not every day. That's weird. Every Sunday. But I would also serve. I was an altar boy. I would serve for funerals. I would serve at weddings. I remember sitting in the back of where we would hang out. We had our little outfit, set up the, the Eucharist, all of that. Go to church every Sunday. Never miss church. But the only thing I knew about God was this. You better be good because if you're bad, it's not going to be good for you. That was my story. I don't know what your story is, but I grew up real religious. I had a fear of God, but not the right fear of God. But then in August 15, 2001, when I was at a camp, going up there because of girls, 20 years old, and all of a sudden the worship leader was singing a song. And maybe you were like me, I never raised my hand, I thought it was weird. I just tapped my hand like this on the chair, right? But I, I started singing. And when I was singing, I saw people lifting their hands. And I go, Siggy, I'm going to try. I lift my hand. And there's, there's something that happens when you place yourself in a sign or an act of surrender. If you catch yourself like this at church, please understand there's something going on. There's a battle. If you have your hands in your pocket, just please understand there's something going on. I dare you. I dare you. There's going to be worship after this. I dare you. Get in a posture of surrender. Close your eyes, sing the song, open your hands. Because the thing I've learned when you're in a posture of surrender, it's the same posture of receiving. And so that afternoon in Mount Baldy, up in the mountains of California, I lifted my hands and all of a sudden tears started falling down. I remember crying, whispering. I felt a burning in my heart. And I was asking God, God, where have you been? 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 And there was a gentle whisper in my heart. And God said, I've always been with you. It was only now that you realized. And I got home and me and my cousin were devouring the word of God. Imagine a 20-year-old and a 15-year-old. We're just reading the Word of God. And we're going, oh, grave, oh, We're just going for it. Why? Because now I knew his name personally. And I wanted to get to know him. Today is your opportunity to get to know God. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, give us eyes to see right now, Lord. We might not understand, but give us eyes to see that you are moving, Lord God. Lord, activate our faith right now, Lord. We all have a measure of faith, Lord Jesus. But I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that you just fan it into flame. Activate it right now, Lord God. Let there be a manifestation of your presence, Lord. Let there be a sense, Lord God, that you are speaking to us. Either a sense in our heart, a sense in the atmosphere, a peace that goes beyond understanding, Lord. I pray right now, Lord, you want to know us personally. Wherever you are at, God wants to know you personally. And he wants you to know him personally. So let me introduce you 
His name is Jesus. And he is the Son of God who died on the cross with you in mind. Because at the end of the day, we were meant to live and die. Because of our sins, our faults, how we've fallen short. We had to pay for that. But Jesus said, no, I will pay for it with my life so that you may live your life. And so Jesus is calling you now and inviting you into a personal relationship with him. Personal. You ready? You want to receive that? Would you just pray this prayer with me? Jesus, thank you for letting me know you. And so I activate my faith in you. Jesus, be my Lord. Jesus, be my Savior. Jesus, be my God. And have your way. In Jesus' name, we all say amen, amen, amen. And so now, we'll start living in that faith. No longer are you from the outside. No longer will it look weird. No longer will it look strange. You will pray. You will raise your hand and worship. You will proclaim. You will want to go to know him. You're going to come to church. You're going to read his Bible. Why? Because you just want to get to know more of this amazing God who loves you so much, who forgave you of your sins, who has a plan and a purpose for your life where you no longer have to fear the end because the end is near i'm telling you the end is near it's like 20 i don't know the date but but i know a big asteroid is coming by 2029 like literally but the, it's coming but you don't have to fear because our last breath on earth will be our first breath in heaven we'll talk more about that on deep dive but hey i love you guys nothing to fear but everything to have faith in. His name is Jesus. See you guys next Sunday. Grand, grand opening. I love you guys. Thanks for joining us and for listening to Inspire Church Metro Podcast. Stay in the loop by checking inspiremetro.live.